Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. is forgiving. As the year comes to an end and we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we see perhaps one of the greatest principles that we can use in our lives to see great things happen. Uh, when Jesus was a child, Luke chapter 2 records that some shepherds came to confirm what Mary had already known, that the child she bore was God in the form of a human. They called him Emmanuel. Say Emmanuel. Now, can I tell you the truth about Christmas? The truth about Christmas is that it did not start celebrating the birth of Jesus. Uh, the truth is, is the origin of this time of year is pagan in nature, and it was originally a festival to honor the Roman fire god Saturn. Uh, it was a time of lawlessness, promiscuity, the worship of false gods and idols. It was a time where adults would sacrifice their children and so much more. It was not until later that it was Christianized to take the focus off of the foolishness and put it on Jesus. Jesus. What I love about God is that he can take something as corrupt as the origin of the season of Christmas and redeem it. Baby, that's just like he did for you and I. We were corrupt, we were messed up, we were jacked up, and he redeemed us. I dare you to high-five somebody say, you've been redeemed, you've been redeemed. Matthew chapter 2 records that when Jesus was an older child, wise men came and presented him with gifts because they knew that you were always to come with, before someone great with a gift. It wasn't only three wise men. There were only three gifts listed in the narrative. Uh, today, one thing that marks the time of Christmas is gift giving. Say gift giving. Often we are left wondering with what we can get for ourselves. Matter of fact, the truth is, is we often ask around this time, should we get anything for ourselves or is that being selfish? Look at your neighbor and say, you know, you asked that question. You know, you did. Mm -hmm. While you were standing waiting in line because you had a long checkout, you were trying to think to yourself, well, I don't ever do nothing for myself. This would be one time I could do something for myself. Uh -huh, you know, I'm telling the truth. Matter of fact, you was thinking, should I take that second thing? I got so-and-so back and go get myself something because they ungrateful anyhow. Oh, I know I'm in the house. But here's the deal. Here's a gift you can give yourself and not feel bad about. Here's a gift you can give yourself and not feel like you're being selfish. It's the gift that will keep on giving back to you. It is the gift of forgiveness. I know, I know, I know, I know some of you are thinking. Didn't he teach on forgiveness earlier this year? I did. But here's the truth. We learned from the series we just came out of that many times we have to be reminded of what we know because we're in the, when we're in the middle of a test, we forget. 
And forgiveness, I need to tell you, is unforgiveness is the only thing that can keep a believer from experiencing the kingdom. Unforgiveness is the only thing that will keep a believer from when they exit earth from not going to spend the rest of their eternity with God. Now, I need to tell you something. I got some sobering news for you. You ready? Here are two things you can guarantee. Number one, bad stuff is going to happen to you even if you serve God. I need to just tell you that I know I wish I wish the news I could tell you was that when you come to Jesus and start serving him faithfully, that all the bad stuff was going to go away and all of a sudden things are just going to be good. But can I tell you, that's a lie. And anybody that tell you that is lying. Even when you serve God faithfully and even when you love God with everything that you are and even when you put God first, sometimes bad things will still happen to you. That's a guarantee. You can take it to the bank. But here's the second guarantee. You're going to have to do something about it. You're going to have to choose to respond to what was done to you. See, life is not always about what happens to you. Life is about how you respond to what happens to you. That's why Jesus says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out of a man that defiles or defines him. Now, here's the choice. It's just real simple. Either you're going to forgive them or you're going to relive it. I need you to hear the options because there's only two. And don't let anybody trick you into thinking there's more than two. Either you're going to forgive them, they, that person, that low-down, dirty scoundrel, that when you say their name, your blood boils. When you think about them, you think about all of the scriptures that talk about judgment and the earth opening and bad things happening to people. Can we just be real for a minute? You're not thinking about the mercy of God when you're thinking about what they did to you. You're thinking about God. You better get them. Let them have it. Oh, they're they doing bad. Thank you, Jesus. That's what they get. They shouldn't have been tripping with me like that. Can we be honest or y'all want to? Don't come in church lying on Christmas. Don't lie three days after year. Christmas and Easter and oh, Mother's Day. Don't, at least three times keep it clean. Are you still here? Either you're going to forgive them as hurtful as it was, as painful as it was. And many times it's painful because you know they intended to do it. Many times it's painful because when you look at it, then you start adding up things that happened through the years. And you'll say to yourself, they've been like this the whole time. Why in the world? And then you will turn your anger from them and turn it on yourself and say, why didn't I see this coming? It's one thing when you don't know you have a Judas. It's another thing when you had one the whole time and you just chose to ignore it. Are y'all in here? So you got two choices. You got two choices. Either you're going to forgive them despite all of the anger and the rage and the wrath and the frustration and the hurt and the pain because you were vulnerable. You exposed yourself. You told them things. You, you exposed certain parts of the most deeper, innermost thoughts that you've had. You've exposed something. And so now they got a piece of you and they're walking around with their piece of you smiling and you're walking around with a piece of you missing and you're trying to figure out what exactly is it I'm going to do about this. Some of you, it's by the grace of God you didn't end up on an episode of Snap somewhere with some of the stuff that's happened to you. Can we be honest? For some of us, it's by the grace of God that we didn't go and get the peacemaker and make some peace. Oh, y'all don't know about the peacemaker. Peacemaker can be purchased at your local store. It's made out of steel. You can either forgive them or relive it. Notice the change. You forgive them. Or you can relive it. What do you mean relive it? Every time that they did what they did to you, when you choose not to forgive them, it's happening to you over and over and over and over and over. But Bishop, I was molested. It happened over 
and over. Bishop, I was abused. It happens over and over. Bishop, I was cheated on over and over. Bishop, I was lied to over and over. Bishop, they stole from me over and over. When you choose not to forgive them, you're saying, I want to relive that. Because I've given that permission to put my life on hold. I've given that. But watch this. Why would you let something like what was done to you get that much power in your life? To where you decide I'm not going to live no more because I'm stuck trying to figure this out. Can I tell you, there's some stuff you never, like we watch, there's some stuff you're never going to get an answer to the why. You're just going to have to get in front of Jesus and say, Jesus, can you tell me why that crazy assassinator did what they did? Some stuff the Lord going to be like, baby, I don't even know. They just crazy. That's why Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Whenever you go before a court and it's determined that at the time you committed a crime, you were out of your mind. They don't plead guilty. They don't plead not guilty. They plead insanity. What they plead is I was out of my mind. I didn't know the consequences of what I was doing. And the truth is, is while some people have done some insane things to you, can we be honest? It's some insane stuff you've done. Uh huh. It's some insane, crazy stuff that you've done. There's some relationships you got in that you knew you were crazy for getting into, yet you walked right up into them. And Jesus did just like He did for the person that hurt you. He said it for you. He said, "Father, forgive them, because right now they are temporarily in they crazy. Forgive them or relive it." Here's what unforgiveness is: unforgiveness is drinking poison. And hoping the other person dies. That's unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is saying, I hope God gets you. Unforgiveness is saying, I hope something happens to you. Yet you're the one drinking the pain. It's a slow and a painful death. Because everything done to you, I've already said, is repeated again. But check this out. Not with you as a victim, but with your choosing. When you choose not to forgive, you're choosing to have it happen to you over and over and over again. Because frankly, it's a choice to be bitter rather than to get better. It's easy to be bitter because we feel justified in our bitterness. But I believe there's some people that you spent enough of your life being bitter. It's time for you to get better. You spent enough of your time mad and angry about this and trying to figure out why mama and them didn't do this and so and so. You spent enough of your time bitter. It's time to get better. I dare you to touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, get better, get better, get better. We read that unforgiveness keeps God from forgiving you. Check out forgiveness. You have to give it in order to get it. Notice who had to move first in the text. The text says that we had to forgive in order to be forgiven, which means if you feel unforgiven from God, maybe it's because you're not forgiving someone else. If you feel like you're, 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 you're not forgiven for the things you've done and you say, well, I just don't know and this and that, and you keep doing all of this and, and going through your pity party and taking out tissues for your issues, Maybe the reason that you feel like there's some kind of glass ceiling is because there's someone you haven't forgiven. And the scripture is very clear. Until you make a move, he doesn't make a move. So God is saying, I provided forgiveness for you. I paid for it. I suffered. I bled. I died for you for, to forgive you for all of your junk. The stuff when you was in your right mind. And the stuff when you were plainly out of your mind. But while all of this forgiveness is available, I cannot release it to you until you let go of that. When, 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 when your hand is full, when your hand is full, nothing can get in there. 
you know, no, you missed it. It's so simple. It went right over your head. When your hand is already full, nothing can get in. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, that says you cannot fill a cup that's already full. You, can, you, you cannot add something to something that's already full. And God says, I'm trying to give you complete forgiveness and clean all that junk up out of you. But I can't do that because you're still holding on to the junk they did to you. Are you still here? Somebody say Christmas is forgiving. The other thing about unforgiveness is it hinders your prayers. Mark eleven twenty five it says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything, <laughs> check this out, check out the Bible. If you have anything against anyone, not just the stuff that is easy to forgive. Because if we're honest, we judge stuff with levels of ease of forgiveness. I can forget that, but not that. I'm cool with that. But now all this over here. So we create levels. We create levels. We have levels in our mind to say, well, this is easily forgivable. You know, this is this this is cool. This is a matter of fact, we ain't got to talk about that. I I cool. Good, good, good. Praise the name. Amen. Good, good. But now that? No, I don't know about that. We create levels of things that we choose to forgive. But the scripture says, if you have anything against anybody. No, I'm going to say it again because I want your neighbor to get it. If you have anything. Watch this. Here's what that means. Of any severity, of any pain level, of any complexity. If you have anything against anybody. Not just the stuff you feel justified in not forgiving. He says, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. So here, here, here's, the whole, here's the whole concept. When, when there is unforgiveness, it's like an invisible blockade of getting prayers answered. And so sometimes you say, I wonder why this is taking so long and this is taking so long and this is taking so long. God said, because I wasn't even listening. That wouldn't even make it up past Peter and him. I didn't even... Michael didn't even get that one to me. That, that, they kept that memo because they knew I wasn't ready to hear that. They knew I wasn't ready to hear that because they knew that I wanted you to do for somebody else what I did for you. I wanted you to release them the way I released you. I wanted you not to hold them responsible the way I didn't hold you responsible. Because forgiveness works to where in order to get it, I have to first give it. But here's something that's very interesting I was, I was, I was studying. Unforgiveness makes you sick. Now, I'm just not talking about, you know, they make me sick. Not that sickness. I'm talking about literal physical sickness. Listen to this. Some time ago, Dr. David Belgium made a startling claim suggesting that up to 75% of people with physical illnesses have sickness rooted in emotional causes. And the patient's physical illness were a result of the patient punishing themselves. I'm going to say that entire narrative again so that you get it. Some time ago, uh, Dr. David Belgium made a startling discovery that up to 75% of people, say that's a lot, with physical illnesses have sicknesses rooted. Watch this. Not in bad eating, not, not in bad lifestyles, not in not working out, but in emotional causes. And the patient's physical illnesses are a result of the patient punishing themselves. So check it out. Here's what happens. Somebody does something to you. You choose not to release it. You choose not to let it go. You choose to hold on to it. And so then what happens then is you end up creating the very sickness that it is that's causing you not to enjoy life. 
Because what you're doing is you're punishing yourself because you're saying, I need to forgive them. I need to forgive. And it's all in your subconscious. You don't sit up and have this kind of conversation with yourself. Your subconscious has this conversation with your subconscious. And so what happens is, what happens is, is now your subconscious is having a conversation. Your subconscious, the real essence of who you are, the real you, not the you that you pretend to be, not the you that you say that you are, but your subconscious is the real essence of you. It's the real way you think, not the way you tell everybody at church you think. It's the real way you think. It is the sub-you. It is the you that is under the real you. It is the you that is beneath the picture of you. It is the you that is beneath the wall of you. Is there anybody that wants to get real this morning? And so your subconscious, what it does is your subconscious says, your subconscious says, your subconscious says, well, 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 I've got all of these unresolved issues. So your subconscious begins to try to handle those issues through its body, through your body rather. And through your body now, you're trying to process something. And your body, watch this, because it doesn't have the ability nor the capacity to handle it. Your body begins to deteriorate. And so now you have unexplained physical sicknesses that cannot be explained. They don't know what it is. They just say, well, just take some Advil and just come back in the morning. We don't even know what this is. I can suggest to you that perhaps that sickness is there. Uh, just maybe, just hypothesis, just conjecture, that maybe that sickness is there because you're not dealing with sickness. You're dealing with unforgiveness. Are you still here? The good doctor goes on to say, that much illness is an involuntary confession of guilt. He says that, that illness many times is a, is a way for a person's body to say what that person's mouth refuses to say. And so through their body now, they are confessing their guilt. Through their body, they are confessing their pain. Through their body, they're confessing their shame. And through their body, they're confessing all of these issues because they would not have a discussion about forgiveness. Touch your neighbor and say, it's not worth that. It's not, it's, it's not worth that. It's not, being, it's not worth being in a hospital bed somewhere. It's, it's not worth losing your hair over. It's not, it's, it's not worth that. It's not worth gaining weight and you got to go buy new clothes. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. The word teaches us that God does not want us to experience that. Instead, he wants us to experience the power of forgiveness. Say Christmas is forgiving. Now, now watch this. Forgiveness is, not, is a decision. It is not an emotion. I'm going to say it again. Just like love. Love is not an emotion. People, I just feel like I love you. Then they hate you. Let me just tell you right now. Love doesn't deal within the realm of emotions. Now, it can cause emotions, but the root of love is not an emotion. It is a decision. For God so loved the world that he what? Did something. He decided to do something. Love produced a decision. It is not an emotion. Because you may feel love today. And tomorrow if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you may not feel love. Therefore, love is not an emotion. But just like love is not an emotion, forgiveness is not an emotion. There is not, I just feel like I've forgiven them. How's that working out for you? Here's what forgiveness says. It says you, perpetrator, instigator, antagonizer, assassinator, hater, liar, schemer, deceiver, heartbreaker. It says, backstabber. You smiled in my face, but the whole time you wanted to take my place. Forgiveness says, you were wrong. 
But even if you don't admit it, because it's easy to forgive somebody when they admit they were wrong. But it's more difficult to forgive somebody that doesn't want to get it right. They want to get it right enough. Did you hear what I just said? It's not easy to forgive somebody. They don't really want to get it right. They want to get it right enough so that there's no mess up at the family gathering today. Preach, Bishop. I will. So now, forgiveness says you were wrong, but I choose to be right. Because in case you didn't understand, I know you're selfish. That's why you did what you did. This ain't even about you no more. Forgiveness says this ain't got nothing to do with you. It ain't for you. Forgiveness says it's for me. And I got to move on with my life. I refuse to go out like this. Somebody say forgive. Forgiveness is the ability to talk about it and not be moved by it. To talk about it and not be upset about it. To talk about it and not be angry about it. To talk about it and not be bothered by it. Because when you've forgiven, you don't see yourself as victimized by it, but a victor in spite of it. That's why Joseph, Joseph is a good example of forgiveness because when his brothers come before him, after all of what they did, Joseph's able to say, hey, you don't remember me? I know, I know God upgraded me. I'm doing real well these days. Last time you saw me, matter of fact, last time you saw me, I was in a pit, right? I'm going to preach my own self happy. Last time you saw me, I was in a pit, right? Right. Well, well, well bling, bling, things is a little different now. I'm doing all right now. Don't nobody come or move in Egypt unless I say they can move in Egypt. Matter of fact, you knew to come to me bowing. But Joseph is able to look at them and say, what you meant for evil. What you meant to steal my spirit. What you meant to steal my joy. What you meant to steal my love. I'm here to tell you, it didn't work. Because God, anybody ever had God turn something? Because God has turned it around for my good. I didn't get bitter, baby, I got better. See, forgiveness is not always everything going back to the way it was. A lot of Christians misunderstand that. And so they'll say things like forgive and forget. That ain't in the Bible. Nowhere. I've read it several times. I don't have to read it. You can go Google it. It's not in there. He forgives and forgets. But let's make a clear distinction. You ain't him. We want to be like him. But I'm still in my way, on my way, you understand. <laughs> For we have not yet obtained these things. I, I get to after a while. But now, but, but now why? What, what, watch this. Why, why is forgiveness not forgetting? Because what most Christians do when, when they call themselves forgiving, they forget the pain and the lesson. And what they end up doing is going and getting back in the same thing that they call themselves getting delivered from. I'm going to say it again because your neighbor needs to get that. A lot of Christians will forget the pain and the lesson, so they'll repeat both. What you forget, you have to repeat. 
So when you talk about forgive and forget, no, here's, the, here's forgiveness for believers. Forgiveness is saying, I forget the pain. I, 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 am, I am no longer giving that pain a right to be in my life. However, I so enough remember the lesson. I remember the steps I took to get myself up in this situation. And now I know the steps make sure not to take so I don't find myself back in this same situation. Don't call it godly because you're repeating the same cycle. That ain't God. Don't say, I'm just being a good Christian. No, you're not. You're being an unwise Christian. That's not God to go back into the same mess that you call yourself having gotten an understanding from. And let me help you understand something. This is for somebody because you got somebody in your ear trying to tell you where if you forgave, you need to do this. You need to tell them you need to mind your own business and work out your own. A matter of fact, tell them right now. Look at them right now. Say, mind your own business. Tell them. And if they didn't say it to you, I want you to put your hand up so the ushers can get them. Because they're in open rebellion on Christmas. Because they think since they want to forgive that way and repeat cycles that you should forgive that way and, and repeat cycles. But I'm going to tell you, you don't have to go the 40-year route. Children of Israel had a choice, 40, day, 40 years or 11 days. I don't know about you, but I'm an 11-day kind of guy. Let me cut through all the minutia and all the foolishness and get to where I'm going. High five somebody say Christmas is forgiving. Christmas Forgiveness is not always everything going back to the way it was. Forgiveness says, I've got to press forward. And if you fit in my forward m movement and my forward plan, wonderful. And if you do not, bye. Just, you, you know one of the gifts God gave me? God gave me the gift of bye. Now I'm serious. Put that on the Facebook and the Twitter. What, 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 what do you mean by that, Bishop? What do you mean God gave you the gift to buy? Some people can never move on because they can't say buy. And they're trying to go over here, but you can't go over here when you're looking back here. See, you're going to hit something after a while. God gave me a wonderful gift. Yes, I'm an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor. Those are wonderful gifts. Yes, administration. Yes, he gave me some great gifts. But the greatest gift he gave me, I ain't even listed in the scripture. The greatest gift he gave me is the ability to say, Bye. We, we used to make a little dance move out of it when in Ish and Daddy's Girls. We, we called it the blessing step. Brand new dance move coming out next, next looking forward to the first quarter. It's the blessing step. I choose to forgive and move on. Bless, but I got to step. You ought to practice it today when you get around your family gathering and they're trying to stir something up with you just... When somebody at work messes with you, when you get back on Tuesday, just. No, you, you, you're missing the curve. You're missing the, the curve. No, because I'm going to cuss you out. You keep on talking. So I got to represent Jesus good today. So Forgiveness is forgetting the pain, but remembering the lesson. Here's, here's perhaps the most poignant definition of forgiveness that when I heard it it was an aha moment it was a wow it wasn't the Hebrew definition it wasn't the Greek definition it wasn't found in the Septuagint it wasn't found in the Masoretic text no it was none of that it was plain simple English here's what it says forgiveness is giving up hope that the past can be changed that'll preach by itself That'll make its own gravy. Forgiveness 
you know, the meat's good, but it makes its own gravy. If you, if you, if you ain't got enough grease and you got to go add you some flour and make you a roux, your meat wasn't good enough. Now, I may not be the best cook, but I sure know how to watch me some 231 on Food Network. God says <laughs> that good meat makes its own gravy. Now, watch this. Forgiveness is giving up hope that the past can be changed. Because here's what we're really saying with unforgiveness. I should have done something different. They should have done something different. It ought to be different. This can be changed. That's what you're really saying is something can be changed. And here's the deal. Nothing in the past can be changed. It is, finish it for me, what it is. I should have, but I didn't, so I'm moving on. I could have, but I didn't, so I'm moving on. I would have, but I didn't, so I'm moving on. Had I known then? Well, I didn't know it then, so I'm moving on. I'm going to sit up here and torture myself every day about what I should have did. I didn't. Forgive me for I didn't know what I was doing. Forgiveness says, I'm giving up hope that the past can be changed. What hope do you need to give up? I, I know that almost sounds antithetical to Christ, right? Because hope, 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 hope. Unfortunately, though, many times we place hope in things that we ought not have hope in. So we have hope that this can change, the past can change, that can be different. It can't. It's done. Forgiveness says, I give up hope that anything in the past can be changed. I'm, I, I'm not even considering what if anymore. I'm not, even consider, I'm not even considering that. I'm just looking at it and saying, now what can I learn from it? How can I be better from it? How can I grow from it? Hmm, that's a good point there. That's good. I missed that. I didn't get that. That's the only thing I'm looking at it for because I'm giving up hope that the past can be changed. Now, here's the deal that I'm through. Here's the biggest question. Because many times when I'm talking to people and we talk about forgiveness and I'll say, well, have you, have you forgiven? Or do you think you're over this? Or do you think you're over that? Often, what comes out as a startling realization that the answer to that question is no. Here's the question. How do I know if I've forgiven them? That's how you know you haven't. I'm going to say it again. How do I know if I've forgiven them? That's how you know you haven't. I'm going to say it again until the light bulb turns on. That's okay. That's okay. You got them new light bulbs. Takes a little longer. From That's okay. That's fine. No problem. How do I know, Bishop Foreman, that I've forgiven that person, those people, that company, those family members, those relatives, those associates, those so-called friends, assassinators, heartbreakers, backstabbers, cheaters, liars. How do I know? That's how you know you haven't. When you have, there is no question as to whether or not you have. Ladies, make some noise. Okay. Now, you made noise because when you walked up in here, you knew you were a lady. You understand? 
Got it? That's why you made noise. You didn't look and say, well, now. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you knew. <laughs> Fellas, make some noise. Yeah. That'll work. I didn't even have to get y'all to do it two times. My God. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Shata. Mitsubishi, Subaru, and Honda. You, 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 didn't, you didn't delay because you knew. See that? You knew. Got it. When you're forgiven, you absolutely know. There is no question. And here's the real deal. Because many times you can trick yourself into thinking that you did something that you didn't. And it comes out. Remember, like I said earlier, it comes out when you're talking about it. Because when you talk about it, all of a sudden, you may not be angry, but it moves you. It bothers you. You don't look back and laugh and say, whoo. No, you look back and say, you know what? <laughs> I don't think I have forgiven Bishop. <laughs> Give me five minutes. I'll be right back. Who do you need to use Jesus' birthday? Of course, it's not the actual day. It's the day we use to celebrate it, to commemorate it. Who do you need to give a gift to today? Who, who do you need to give that gift to? Can I tell you, for some of you, the people you need to give the gift to, they're dead. They're no longer here. You, but they still need the gift. Because you need the gift. Some people, some people, you're not going to be able to reach them. You're not going to be able to talk to them. They don't want to talk to you. <laughs> but you still need to get that gift. You're not responsible for what happens after you put it in the mailbox. You're just responsible for making sure it gets sent. But here's the other thing. Some of you, the gift you need to give is for yourself. And when you walk out of this church today and you're driving home and you got your Christmas music playing. And you're making your way through all of the unpaved or unplowed streets. Because CDOT wasn't expecting a snowstorm at all. In the whole Denver metro area. <laughs> I'm not the only one that thought that. When you're, when you're doing that, you need to say, I need to give you a gift. You need to look in your rearview mirror or pull down your mirror for you. Look, ladies, where you're looking at your makeup and all that. And you say, I need to give you a gift. I give you the gift of forgiveness. I forgive you for doing a lot of stupid stuff. Remember, you're talking to yourself now. You're talking to yourself. I forgive you for ever dating that person. What were you thinking? Ooh, shata. I forgive you. Everybody stand with me. Say it again. Christmas is forgiving. Now, Father, we... We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. 
They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.